It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory rather in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in mine in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Father, we ask now you'll help us in just this brief time of a devotional thought this morning. Or before we come to you in prayer, we just ask that you would guide our thinking, guide our, our thoughts and our hearts this morning. And may we desire to do all to the glory of Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. So a thorn in the flesh. A thorn in the flesh that uh, Paul refers to here is, of course, was a very real thorn. Uh, it was not a literal thorn. We might think on a, a, a rose bush or some other type of shrubbery. But he is teaching us about God's grace. And the emphasis in this passage is not on the thorn. The emphasis is on God's grace. It certainly is true, and all believers know that if they've been believers for any amount of time, know that life is filled with hardship. Life is filled with times of suffering. Now, 2 Corinthians 12 doesn't stand alone, because if we don't understand what Paul had previously said in 2 Corinthians 11, we might be confused as to why he is making such a a determined effort to uh, prove that sufferings for Christ are good. In chapter 11, he had defended his apostleship. And by defending his apostleship and the sufferings that he was enduring for that apostleship, he was also defending the true purity of the gospel. Uh, Paul is stating these things in 2 Corinthians 11 and 2 Corinthians 12 out of his concern for the gospel. Uh, it is not out of the concern for himself. It's out of his concern for the gospel is his primary uh, reason for writing on the inspiration of the Spirit. But many of these things which Paul boasts about or many of these things that Paul says he will glory in, um, they do not apply to us today. And why I say that is, is that some of the things that Paul was suffering with, you and I uh, in this life will not suffer with. Uh, but now there are some points of understanding in Paul's suffering. We can say, I can relate to what Paul is talking about in certain areas. Uh, we, we can say that if we're uh, laboring from the, for the Lord, if we're doing certain things in the Lord's work, there might be responsibilities. There may be things that we are supposed to be uh, involved in. There may be some daily pressures. 
Uh, but understand, Paul had really three main things that he was talking about as he was laboring. Uh, he was working uh, and laboring for the concern of the churches, and the levels of responsibility that Paul had uh, were, were uh, immeasurable. Um, and he was, he was t- facing the daily pressures of his defense of his apostleship. So when we see this list, and again, we're not going to read it this morning, but I would encourage you, and maybe this afternoon or sometime this week, read through 2 Corinthians 11 and see what Paul was actually enduring. Uh, we are often very quick to jump to the thorn in the flesh, and, and we talk about this is what I'm enduring. And we're going to talk a bit about that this morning in this brief time that we have. But Paul was talking primarily about the dangers and his deliverances in the course of ministry, what he was being delivered from. Um, Paul was setting a standard um, for how the ministry, how the gospel ought to be uh, defended. But this topic in chapter 12 is a much different topic, and there is a part of this you and I cannot identify with. And really, it's those first uh, seven verses uh, when Paul speaks about these special revelations, okay, this is not going to happen to you and I. Uh, you and I are not going to have to deal with special revelations, right? Now, he is dealing with special revelations that were given to Paul for a specific purpose, and he so much even says that he was not lawful, it was not even lawful for him to utter those words. He couldn't speak about what these things were. You and I cannot identify with these special revelations, and so we're, we're not emphasizing that as much as we are what Paul speaks about these infirmities. Now, we can share a point of reference. We can share this point of reference that here Paul seems to be hindered. He seems to be being harmed by something. And he is demonstrating to us what every child of God experiences. It's a weakness. We all experience weaknesses. We all experience hindrances. And yet Paul gives us a pattern here where he did pray specifically for this thorn to be remembered. Now, don't lose sight of the context because Paul says in verse seven that lest he would be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, right? So notice what he's saying here. He's saying, so that I would not be exalted in my flesh due to these special revelations I was receiving, I was given a thorn in the flesh, It is specifically, the thorn in the flesh was specifically given to Paul so that he would not be exalted in these special revelations. Now, again, there lies the place you and I have a hard time identifying with it because this is not going to be a problem for you. It's not going to be a problem for me. We're not going to receive special revelations because God is not revealing himself that way any longer. But I do want us to pay attention to how Paul prayed about this. Uh, Paul prayed many times that God would remove that particular thorn, the thorn that was given to him so that he would not be exalted above measure in these special revelations. Yet what did God do? He did not grant that request. He did not say to Paul, okay, Paul, because you've prayed diligently for this, I'm going to remove this thorn in your way. Uh, No, he continued to allow Paul to deal with this Uh, this particular thorn. Um, But notice he does in verse 8, he says, I besought the Lord thrice. That means he prayed specifically that the Lord would remove this thorn, and yet God each time didn't say no, but what he did say is verse 9, my grace is sufficient for thee. So Paul prays many times, and oftentimes 
uh, Paul, uh, we would think if any man was going to get his prayer answered specifically to what he wanted, it certainly would have been Paul. But he didn't get it answered the way that he wanted it to be, right? And, and we sit here today and we wonder why. Why does God allow common suffering in the lives of his children? Now, if we're not careful, again, we will exalt ourselves above measure where we will begin to say, I don't deserve suffering. I don't deserve hardship. I don't deserve whatever that thorn in the flesh might be. And we might even say, God, if I'm failing or I am struggling with this, how can I be a testimony of your amazing grace? Well, that's what Paul shows us so clearly in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that it is in weaknesses God's strength is most clearly seen and glorified. You see, even in our failures and in our hindrances, God is being glorified when we are weak, he is strong. That's why Paul mentions my grace is sufficient to thee. That is what God mentioned to him. Now, we can all today say, I can identify with Paul. I can identify with what he's speaking about. Now, today in our humanity, we are all right now, I would, I would submit to you, we all right now have identified what our thorn in the flesh is. We, 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 are, we might even use that vocabulary. This is my thorn in the flesh. Whatever it might be, right? Whatever that thorn is, I want us to notice what was Paul's reaction to the thorn. And my challenge to us this morning is, is what is our reaction to the thorn? What is our reaction to whatever it is? Now, again, I think we need to be careful. We need to be careful about what we call a thorn. And we need to be careful about what we call as insurmountable. I think we have to be careful that we don't put ourselves in such a measure to say nobody has ever suffered in a common way like I have. My suffering is well beyond anybody else's. Well, we can identify with Paul. And again, if you read 2 Corinthians 11, it would be really tough for anyone here today and those who aren't here today to say, I have suffered like Paul suffered. Now, remember, why was Paul suffering? Paul was suffering for the defense of the gospel and the defense of his apostleship. Paul counted it worthy and counted it a joy and a privilege to suffer for the advancement of the gospel. So when we talk about our thorns, our thorns are not just our everyday problems. They're not just our everyday common sufferings, but we can identify with what are those things that are happening to us as we defend or we stand firm for the faith once delivered. Even Paul asked for deliverance, but he didn't get it. So what was his response? Notice what he says, verse 10, therefore, he's responding to what did not get answered the way that he wanted it to, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches. That goes back to 2 Corinthians 11. When I'm reproached in necessity, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. You see, Paul responded to the the request to remove the thorn by simply saying, okay, Lord, if that's your sovereign will, then I will take pleasure in infirmities. Paul is taking pleasure in the thorn. And Paul says, not only am I going to take pleasure in it, he says, I'm going to, by his wording, I'm going to, I am going to glory even in a stronger way. That's what verse 11 is. We didn't read that. 
He's, he's, he literally says, I am going to now, I am going to boast all the more when you bring a thorn into my life. And he's going to do it gladly. And he's going to do it in God's strength. Paul accepted, here's, I think it's a key. Paul accepted what was not changeable in his life. It's not changeable, but Paul accepted it. Now, whatever his thorn was, and again, I've heard more about, well, let's talk about what his thorn was. And maybe you could get to the bottom of it. Some believe it was all sorts of thorns. Some people think it was a, a, a hindrance of his eyesight. Some think it was actually some other malady. It really doesn't matter because at the end of it all, whatever Paul was acknowledging, his response was, this is an unchangeable thing and it is in my weakness, I am made strong and that Christ is glorified through me. Paul received the thorn in the flesh as being from God and was to be used for the glory of God. And that's really the key. So we might say that today, before we pray this morning, we might think about what are some common thorns or common things that we suffer with. Okay, there are common things that even in a group this size today, there are some common things we deal with today. But again, the response is, how do we respond to it? How do we respond to whatever it is, whatever that thorn is? And how do we handle it? Or do we fight against a sovereign God who has ordered our affairs? Sometimes we, we, we proclaim, we love and cherish the sovereignty of God. But then when God orders our affairs as he does, we fight against it. And again, God is doing all things for his glory. And remember that even before our good, he's doing all things for his glory. So I certainly trust today as we think about uh, this particular passage of what Paul dealt with, I I hope that it will at least encourage us this morning um, to think about uh, where we are with regard to our common suffering um, in this life. Amen.